Welcome to Sports Scope, the most influential sports talk show in the nation. Stay tuned for updates and great sports content. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on the Super Bowl week. Uh, got a great show for you tonight. Now, this week, folks, got a really good guest-filled week. Tomorrow, 30 minutes past the hour, John Restano, big Chicago Bears fan, want to get his take on uh, the new coaching hires. And, of course, uh, the Bears situation, not not bringing in Cliff Kingsbury, uh, still going with Debra Flus. Maybe touch on, ask him a little bit about Ohio State and whatnot. Uh, Tuesday, or Wednesday, today's Monday. <laughs> no guest on tonight. But uh, on, on Tuesday, I'll have, um, that's Tuesday. Wednesday, I'll have Jeffrey Deskovic back on the program. We're going to talk about his Sports Illustrated article uh, he had published a little while back. You know, Sports Illustrated's kind of falling off. Uh, going to have him back, get some takes on the basketball, and get his take on the Super Bowl as well. Uh, that'll be on Wednesday. And Thursday, I'll have Sanja Pearson. Uh, Sanja works with the Mac and Jack Show, Northeast Stream, and I've been on programs with her before. She's out of the Atlanta area. Very well knowledge of the NFC South. Big Carolina Panthers fan. Originally, going to interview her. Ask her about her background. What does she think about, uh, what's his name, Dave Canales, the new coach of the Carolina Panthers. Get some NFC South takes from her and, of course, her Super Bowl lean. And, of course, Friday I'll have, obviously, Carlos Madden, Yorker, Chavez. And, of course, today uh, this Patrick Mahomes story has been circling around about his dad. Uh, I want to talk about that. And while they, nobody should ask him about it, it's his father. It's not him. Uh, I'll talk about that. Uh, ben Johnson, little back and forth there with Ben Johnson and the uh, commanders, plus the commanders got an offensive coordinator there, Cliff Kingsbury, got a lot to say about that as well. Uh, also, um, what was this other deal here? Uh, Caitlin Clark, a uh, little bit of hate going on from the from the uh, envious uh, former WNBA player, I want to say Cheryl Swoops there. Uh, throwing a little shade, like 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 my niece would say, at Caitlin Clark here and uh, not having her facts correct. Got a few takes there. And if I have some time left over, uh, a few interesting sound bites from uh, one of my favorites, Brad Holmes, the general manager of the Detroit Lions. So stand by. We'll take our first and only break. We'll hit the ground running here in 49 seconds. Sports go. Hello, SportsCo followers. The program has seen tremendous growth since going five days a week. I just wanted to thank everybody for your cash contributions and sharing the program uh, with friends and families. Just a reminder, if you want to contribute to the program, go to the cash app, the, word, the cash sign, and SportsCo. There are other ways to contribute to the program listed at the bottom of the screen. If you want to advertise on the program, go to sports, that is sports with an S, another S, scope, S-K-O-P-E, at gmail.com, just like it's listed at the bottom of the screen. Thank you, and enjoy the program. All righty then. As I led before, 
Uh, going to talk about this story here. Going to possibly take a different take than everybody else on this. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, senior father Patrick Mahomes, uh, faces his third DUI charge. I was reading this off of Pro Football Talk out of Texas. Uh, uh, Mahomes Sr. is a former Major League Baseball player. Father of the Chiefs quarterback, Mahomes, was arrested. Suspicion for DUI on Saturday in Texas. Uh, it was his third DUI arrest for Mahomes. Uh, Kansas City star arrest happened on Saturday in Tyler, Texas. The second charge occurred back in 2018. Mahomes Sr. pled a guilty. Seized 40 days because it was the second one. 40 days. He served time on the weekends from February 2019 to February 2020. While relevant to his son's situation, become a potential distraction for Mahomes Jr. Uh, a week away, uh, three years ago, uh, this is from Pro Football Talk. Chiefs assistant Brett Reed, the son of Andy Reed, was involved in a serious uh, accident and impaired a uh, Thursday night before the Super Bowl. A young girl was seriously permanently injured as a result in the crash. Uh, the big deal on this one, Mr. Mahomes faces, uh, back to his case, two to ten years in prison uh, since it's his third DUI offense. Okay, now, the reason why I said all that is there, there, there's a stat. I, I love watching this. A friend of mine, Antonio, uh, a friend from work here, back in there during the pandemic, she had got um, – she was telling me about this uh, documentary, very popular documentary on uh, at the at the time Netflix called "The Secrets." But this talks about the laws of attraction and whatnot. And um, during that, because people talk about you know they have uh, dysfunction in their families and whatnot, and and a lot, we all do. According to this study, it was eighty five percent of people's families have some sort of dysfunction. Uh, I understand there's levels to that and everything. But uh, my thing is that this case, last year, his brother, Mahomes' brother. Now, Mahomes, this is, this is the, this is the uh, downside to being a public figure is anything that happens in your family because he's famous, this guy's going for his third Super Bowl, and uh, he's been in six national or uh, six AFC Championship games. Uh, he he has been in um, uh, how many Super Bowls now? This will be his fourth. He's two and one. This will be his fourth Super Bowl, going for his third championship. This would put him, in my opinion, above Peyton Manning. And he is getting all. He, he's got a five hundred million dollar contract. I don't count those dozens of commercials he's on. So it, this is the downside of that. You know, everybody that makes a mistake in your family, uh, it gets printed uh, websites around the country. You see it on the X app and whatnot. His brother had some issues where he's, jeez, um, uh, what was it? I had to go back and look at the screenshot. Basically, some type of um, uh Aggravated sexual battery charge was grabbing some bar owner or something out in uh, Kansas City. So he hears about that. His brother's in the news for all kinds of different things. Uh, that being said, all that being said, I think it was last year, K 
kissing a lady at a bar on. Uh, I'm not the reporter that asked him this. You know, that's Mahomes' father. That that's his father. Uh, that should be his father's uh, responsibility. That that's the way I see it. If I'm a reporter, and I, I've got a journalism degree, I've uh, wrote for the paper and loved that hard news and did everything. But I'm just not going to put that on the homes. I, I, I don't believe in that. Uh, we've all got people, friends, family, co-workers that are friends that that do stuff. Uh, most of us all, or maybe some of us have been that person that had gotten trouble and some kind of confusion. And you're and you're in the middle of working like he is. He he's, he's locked in trying to win his third Super Bowl, and and the last thing I want to hear is why did somebody do something? You know, one guy I was listening to, um, I think it was uh, Jason McIntyre. It was on his podcast. Now it wasn't McIntyre. I want to say it was either McIntyre, one of his, um, the guy, you know, helping him out a co-host or whatever. And said something like he should be paying him for rides home. No, man. You know, he's a grown man, Mr. Holmes. It was in Texas. Uh, Mahomes was in Patrick Mahomes was probably still in Kansas City preparing to make the trip to Las Vegas this week to prepare for the Super Bowl, do all that media hype and everything. And just before that happens, he gets arrested. Uh, that has nothing to do with Mahomes. I don't recall in the media's defense, I don't recall them ever asking him anything about this with his brother last year. And I certainly don't recall, but he wasn't as famous in 2018 asking him about Mr. Mahomes' first uh, or second DUI back in 2018 I just read about. I hope, well, it's media day coming up tomorrow. It might be today, but I, I didn't see it. Um, most certainly it'll probably be tomorrow. I don't think it'll be Wednesday, not unless they're moving around. I, I really hope that nobody drills him on this, you know. Uh, Patrick Mahomes, because there is no, I mean, I've had a guy I used to work with, you know, and, you know, guy was a good worker. I was his supervisor, good worker, a lot older than me. He's like my dad's age. And he asked me if I can give him a work reference. I said, yeah, yeah, he come to work on time. He's a good guy. Work. So I give him this work reference and it wasn't a work reference. It was one of those loan references. Okay. And um, like a check cashing loan, one of those high interest loans. It wasn't a bank loan or anything like that. So time goes by, and he's no, he doesn't pay six, eight months from now. He's not paying this loan back. And um, I had stopped working with this gentleman for two or three years at this point. And these people were calling me at work about him. And I said, listen, um, I worked with this guy a few years ago. I thought he was asking for a job reference. He's a good worker. I have no way of paying this person's loan back. I don't know where he is. I've called him. He's not answering. Okay. Don't call. So I, but yeah, I finally got a hold of him after I got this lady off the phone. I said, hey, man, listen, don't put my name down on one of those uh, high interest check cashing loan places. Well, I told them not to call you. I just put that down when uh, when I first got it. Well, they're still calling me about your loan. I'll take care of it. 
three weeks later, people still calling me. So I had to cut that guy off because of that. You know, um, there is nothing more irritated than somebody in your circle, friend or family asking you, dialed in on some kind of job task. They're out here screwing up to ask me about your problem. Now, if that was Patrick Mahomes' son, he was a teenager, that's different. But that's his father. His brother's 23, 24. Mahomes is like 29 or whatever. 28, 29. And, and, and um, both of those are accountable for their own actions. You know, that's what I say about it. You know, it, it's really unfortunate. Uh, but, but it goes to show you, you know, you got to look at a guy, Mahomes. I mean, he's he's the face of the NFL. He's six. He, I think he, his first year starting was 18, if I'm not mistaken. Because remember, he backed up Alex Smith one year. The guy's been in the AFC Championship game every single year. Every single year. This is his fourth Super Bowl. I just mentioned the $500 million contract. Uh, beautiful wife, kids. It seems like everything is going perfect. And then you hear something like this, third DUI, this sounds like this has been a problem and a distraction. For, he won't say it publicly, but hey, everybody's got dysfunctional people in their family and friends and circle. When you've got somebody with a problem like that around you, I'm just going by what's reported. This is third DUI from Mr. Holmes. That is a distraction, you know? Even though the people who are responsible for it don't want to act like it's a respect. Sometimes they take response. But that stuff is a distraction, you know. That is a, a distraction. So I really commend him for, for maintaining focus during all this, even though the man's grown and everything. I get it. But it, it takes me back to one of my favorite teachers, um, Richard, if you're watching, Hunter's Lane High School. 1998, 98, my, my second semester there. Um, really good teacher, Mr. Baltz. Uh, taught taught uh, Shakespeare, taught uh, uh, English 2, English 2 in high school. Uh, great teacher, great communicator. This guy went to Notre Dame, uh, was a former lawyer, six-figure Highly successful lawyer. You could tell by the way this guy dresses to the nines. Crisp. Most popular teacher probably in the school at that time. That took him twice. He's a great teacher. Really good. And um, he said that, you know, sometimes on the weekends, I go see my brother in the penitentiary. You know, uh, it, so, so don't judge people by their family. By their family, people, people just decide to go. Some of us, yeah, you have problems and, and, and you've got dysfunction. I get it. But others have the same raising, uh, the same family, and one person wants to go in one direction and another person wants to go in another direction. And that's what Mr. Boss was saying. Not everybody's got the perfect life. There's some bad seeds in every family, you know. But he says, yeah, I go see my brother in, in, in the prison. Sometimes on the weekends, you know, uh, whenever I get a chance, not every weekend, he said, but I go see my brother in prison. Uh, I guess it's saying, try not to judge a person that's trying to work hard, do the right thing, 
by the mistakes that their family makes, you know? And that, that just made me think about that. Um, like I said, according to that study, out of the secret documentary, 85% uh, of families, um, I, well, I want to say it's either nationally or, or globally, but I'm pretty sure it was just nationally, uh, uh, have dysfunctional families, you know? And, and it's unfortunate. But um, again, I'm not the guy who asked Patrick Mahomes that question because that's placing the responsibility on the son when it should be on the father is what I'm getting at. And I'm sure Mr. Mahomes will probably own it and say, hey, look, I made a mistake, you know. I, I made a mistake. Uh, you see him a lot on the sidelines with, with Mahomes. I saw him in a documentary last year, and his his wife is like, God, we got to get him out of there because remember Mahomes had the – high ankle sprain. He's hobbling around. You know, that'll be in this Hall of Fame. And and Mr. Mahomes like, he ain't got it in him. He just don't have it in him to do that. So, anyways, we'll see how that thing plays out here. Um, also, in other news, if I can find it here in my notes here. Okay, now, been some interesting stuff about this. Ben Johnson saga with the commanders here. Um, a lot, the commanders been in the news, good and bad, uh, indifferent. The good, the bad, and the ugly, if you want to call it that. That um, Ben Johnson more comes out about Ben Johnson, why he did not the offense coordinator for Detroit, why he did not take that job at the commanders. Uh, a lot of conflict and reports. It feels like they're trying to save face. He's trying to save face. I don't know which side to take here, but it's interesting. Okay. Uh, this Janelle Lane from ESPN. I'm not, I've never heard of her, but I got this off the um, at the off the X out. Cameron Wolf is a reporter. I've heard of him. He's a guy I follow, and she's saying uh, was told that Ben Johnson was turned off by the commander's ownership that they're basketball guys and felt a little too confident in their football opinions. And I also heard that he didn't interview well. He said, but clearly not a good fit for both sides. Okay. Uh, and then Jason Reed, another ESPN personality, said, uh, been tied up working, so I missed the report on but Johnson supposedly interviewed so poorly with the commanders being the reason he informed the team he wouldn't take the job. Okay, so uh, maybe they're trying to save face. Maybe he's not a good interview. You know, he didn't take, like I said this before, uh, Johnson didn't take the, com uh, the, uh, Carolina job last year and wanted to come back to Detroit. You know, the guy's only 37 years old. Uh, I, I'm, I, I mean, again, I, I said it looked bad for Dan Quinn uh, to, to hire a guy like Dan Quinn when they already had a defensive-minded head coach there. But, but if they can get the quarterback and a good offensive coordinator here, which is very rare, I much rather prefer to get the offensive-minded head coach and a good defensive coordinator. Um, obviously, you always want a good quarterback, but if you can get a good quarterback and potential franchise player type of quarterback, 
then you got a chance, okay? Then you got a chance. Then this other flip side comes up. And the good news for Dan Quinn and the commanders, after all that blew over on Saturday, later on Saturday night, it breaks. Late Saturday afternoon, kind of a roller coaster kind of day, a week for commander fans and the commander nation out there. Very popular organization. Talked to, uh, was a guy, Mike Richmond, very good author, wrote many books about the Red Stinks, commanders, and whatnot. And, but basically, Cliff Kingsbury was supposedly going to take this uh, Las Vegas Raiders job, okay? And that was supposed to have been a done deal. And then all of a sudden, contract talks break down. You're just wondering if the Raiders are trying to lowball him or whatnot, or he was still being recruited by the commanders that take that job. And Harris is wanting to make the big splash. He goes in, ups the ante, and, and then they, they, they make this close here. So now he's going to take the offensive coordinator job, Cliff Kingsbury, with the Washington Commanders, going back to what I talked about last Friday and, of course, last week, that the uh, Caleb Williams situation reports from his dad's camp on the Colin Cowherd show saying that he didn't want – kind of pulling Eli Manning and, and, and John Elway. This is not the first time that he just don't want to play for the Bears. This guy does not want to play for the Bears. Uh, the number two pick is the Washington Commanders. Maybe all this stuff has kind of been talked about behind the scenes, ironically. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury, who was an assistant there under Lincoln Riley with USC, um, takes that Washington Commanders offensive coordinator job being the number two post. So that tells me either they're going to trade that pick, they're going to trade that pick, or they're simply not going to draft Caleb Williams with that number one pick. For one thing, J Justin Fields is still there, you know, and that's going to be a good question to ask John Rossano tomorrow, who is a really big Chicago Bears fan. See, um, what does he think about keeping Justin Fields? You got potentially much more talented quarterbacks in a now Mel Kuyper saying Jalen Daniels could go, he's going to go number two now in his big board. Uh, over uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams still stands firm as the top prospect in the NFL. Now, of course, we haven't even got to the air quote league new year. I want to say that starts on March the 13th. We're a little over a month out from that happen. We're pretty close to Valentine's Day now, uh, about a month out, March 13th. That will happen. Uh, then we'll see if the Bears are going to keep Justin Fields. All that being said, there's a very good chance that Caleb Williams is a commander come uh, come April. But the first pick overall, then you have a Cliff Kingsbury and a Dan Quinn. Things can go from very doom and gloom because you get a Dan Quinn, who I'm not a big fan of. But last time Dan Quinn had a really good offensive coordinator, I think Kingsbury's probably offensive coordinator material only. Been fired twice. He got fired from Texas Tech, and he's been fired from the Arizona Cardinals. But he does run a pretty good scheme there, but runs a good scheme. Uh, when, when Kyle Shanahan was the offensive coordinator 
with Dan Quinn, with that Atlanta team, they got to the Super Bowl. Okay. So that's something if you're a Commanders fan, you got to be a little bit excited about. Okay. Even if, um, say, somebody else jumps them both and takes Caleb Williams with the number one pick, what if, what if say, say uh, uh, the uh, Patriots? Patriots jump up there and, and get Caleb Williams or somebody like that, you know? What if the Giants surprise everybody and ju- and make that big jump? Uh, they, they, they jump up there from five, move off of Daniel Jones, you know, uh, and, and, get a, and get a Caleb Williams, let him work with LeBron the ball. Well, then you still got that number two pick. You can – a Jalen Daniels pick, I can see a, a Cliff Kingsbury type of offense – that he ran with Arizona, putting in a uh, Kyler Murray, you know, that Kyler Murray type of offense. I could see that with the commander. So there's a lot to be excited about from that news story. You made you totally forget about the Ben Johnson stuff, you know. And going back to Ben Johnson, again, maybe he's just a really is a bad interview, and maybe he's like a Matt Patricia or a Josh McDaniels from the Patriots. At a very good situation, very good scheme, really good under does probably not very argumentative type of guy, you know. And he could stand behind the big bad Dan Campbell, who take all the bullets, who doesn't care what the media says, who'll go for him fourth down every time, and he's not gonna get any heat for it. I think Dan Dan Campbell embraces all that. He loves that. So it, it, it's just kind of a weird situation how the back and forth is stuff. I think maybe his agent is trying to keep his stock high. Maybe the ideal job will come open next year for uh, maybe that. Hey, they might go back to the Super Bowl. I've got some quotes here. If I got time, looks like I'm gonna have plenty of time uh, to play from Brad Holmes. A lot of this uh, spike in the ball. There was a press conference. Him, I thought was pretty interesting. Sorry, Whew, a lot of cotton mouth today, folks. So, anyways. Um, this, this could potentially be huge uh, for, you know, I mentioned, you know, even with the defensive mind, the head coach, could this be a Domingo Ryan situation where you got a Bobby Slowick there and you got the C.J. Stroud where Slowick is a little bit more experienced, Cliff Kingsbury, and you got a Jalen Daniels or even a Drake May who, like I said the other day, is being compared to Carson Palmer which is not a bad comparison by any means, folks. Let's see if I had any more. Um, any more. Okay, yeah. So I, I got all that taken care of. All right, now. Okay, it's interesting uh, article. Let me say this. Had a good weekend this weekend. Uh, the only sports I watch, I'll be honest with you, I'm not saying this for the program. The only sports I watched last weekend, it was a dark week. You know, we didn't have the NFL. Uh, big Super Bowl coming up this weekend. Again, I got a, a packed full week of, of guests coming up starting tomorrow all the way through Friday with, with Carlos Madden, New Yorker Chavez. And i tell you what, I kept hearing this promo on Fox for Caitlin Clark. You know, and Fox has got this 
NBA on NBC uh, promo thing that dun, 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 Jeffrey Deficit would know. For those of you to watch the NBA on NBC back in the 90s and early 2000s, which was the heyday, really. Um, so the, the play in that and Caitlin Clark, I thought this woman had graduated last year. Uh, she's the phenom player. She's in the national championship game last year. Uh, Angie, Angela Reese from LSU. LSU won the national championship, but she's dogging this chick out, and they've done won the game. You know, they're getting jealous of her, all the media coverage. But, wow, she sells out everywhere she goes. This chick is a rock star. Uh, I didn't realize this, but Caitlin Clark, uh, who was just a four-year starter, and, I, and I'll explain that here in just a little bit. Um, just a four-year uh, starter here uh, is going for the all-time women's points record. And by the way, I watched her play Saturday night. She played against Maryland. I mean, she is shooting them from 35, 40 feet out. She's very Steph Curry, like I said before when I gave you my review over in the national championship game. She, like my dad will say, she's putting them out there from the popcorn stand. Caitlin Clark is. So she's sitting here at, uh, we still got some games to go. She's chasing Kelsey Plum from Washington at 3,527 all time points. She's sitting here. At 34.62. So we're talking what 80, 80, 90 points away from being the all-time leader here. And you know, then you get the haters come out there. You know, um you 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 get the haters coming out there, and I'm surprised. Uh awful announcing said this. This was not from Jason Whitlock. Uh he, he, a lot of this stuff, but Cheryl Swoops. Uh, former WNBA player, college player, you know. Uh, she, this headline is Cheryl Swoops roasted for inaccurate Caitlin Clark accusation. Um, she goes on and makes a comment. Swoops, very well known college and NBA, uh, WNBA player, uh, taking shots at, at Clark talking about the COVID thing. She's assuming. So l listen up. Listen what she said about Clark. This isn't just for Caitlin, but you asked me about Caitlin. If you're going to break a record, to me, if it's legitimate, you have to break that record in the same amount of time that that player said it. Okay. Right? So if, if Kelsey Plum set that record in four years, mm -hmm. well, Caitlin should have broke that record in four years. But because there's a COVID year, then there's another year. You know what I mean? So she's already had an extra year to break that record. So is it truly a broken record? I, I don't you, know. You think, you think exactly how I... I don't I, think so. But yeah, that'll go in the record books as Caitlin Clark is the all-time, whatever it is. I don't even know what the number is. But that's the way it'll be. And and I don't think it should be. And... And the sad part is that record would never be broken because See, that that tells you <laughs> it's funny. Kudos to awful announcing. They they kind of walk gingerly with with these type of idiotic comments. And Gilbert Arenas, that's who I thought it was. She's talking to, and um, funny funny coach said, uh, 
Bad News Bears, funny movie, old movie, funny movie. They made two or three of them. One of them, this guy is talking to some 10-year-olds like they're Major League Baseball players. And he said, and I know what he's talking about, and this other guy's walking, I think it's the Walter Matthau character. And he's walking to these kids. And he and, and, and this old man is and he's writing, and this movie took place in the 70s, totally politically incorrect. I saw beer there and stuff. He says, do not assume. So he breaks down the word A-S-S-U-M-E. That's what happens when you assume, and I think he's talking about fly balls. Don't assume the person's going to get it. You got to make sure and communicate that. Uh, or don't assume that he knows you're going to get the ball. That's what he was getting at. People running in each other or the, or the fly ball falling between the players. Very common with young players. But Cheryl Swoops assumed because of the COVID year that Caitlin Clark only being five foot 11, and let's just be frank because she's white and, you know, there's always, that's the thing. That's what Jason Whitlock's talking about. This racial undertone that you see a lot on social media when you got two former athletes here talking and nobody here to fact check anybody. She assumed that she uh, played half the COVID year and set out. No, that was her first year. That was her first year. The, this woman thought that she was in her fifth year and she had free games through the COVID year. She assumed you know, so uh, Caitlin Clark, Caitlin Clark is just sharp, man. She's like Steph Curry out there. And now this coach is giving her free reign to shoot from anywhere. And she's hitting these shots, you know. When I was playing in the 90s in, in the high school, teenage, I'd get in trouble for shooting that. that. I mean, I, I shot threes when I was playing at the Y for Y team, but I wouldn't shoot that far out. You know, I'd get in trouble for that. You know, most players would, other than Steph Curry and Clayton Clark. This woman had like 12 assists the other night, 39 points, and looked like she barely broke a sweat against Maryland. And she's on the pace. I thought it was just me. I didn't realize she's this good. She's on the pace. Like I said, she's 90 points from getting the all-time record. She's the most interesting player I saw last weekend. Didn't watch much of that. Uh, the Knicks game. LeBron set out. Um, oh, God. Uh, whatchamacallit was hurt. One of the lead players there, Randall. Uh, Randall was out for the Knicks. They won anyways. The uh, Lakers beat the Knicks. Um, and, and then I watched Oppenheimer, which is a really good movie, by the way. Uh, I got to finish that. Now, that's an Academy Award-nominated movie about the man who, um, Dr. Robert Oppenheimer, who made the atomic bomb. The Manhattan Project studied that in, in uh, high school and college, took it in U.S. history. Good movie. A lot of talking. A, lot. a friend of mine at work was telling me, man, it's too much talking, but it's good, but it's long. And I say, man, that's it's dramatic. If you know the history of the importance of the atomic bomb and and the war in Japan, how it kept just, just dragging on, dragging on uh, with the kamikazes, that was really interesting. That was an intense time in American history. Uh, good movie. Good movie. Haven't finished. it. got about 30 minutes left. Started watching it last night. But uh, that Caitlin Clark, uh, I can't believe I watched her again. But, hey, she was pretty good, man. 
she's pretty good. And then, of course, these haters here, your sheriff swoops of the world, um, you know, but we shall see. We shall see a Wuku Saki. Okay, now, uh, I had some, let me see if I have any other notes here. Um, ben Johnson, the Holmes, good news. Okay, now, Brad Holmes. Uh, he was doing a press conference today. I'm not sure what this was, but this leaked out. This leaked out. I think today's media day because they're saying Mahomes draw draw a large cloud. So I haven't heard anything else. So here is Brad Holmes. This is the Detroit Lions uh, general manager that I've been bragging on. That does not doesn't has not received enough credit. Everybody said Dan Campbell. Those great speeches. Uh, Herb Edwards was a great speaker. He did not have the players. Didn't hide out the quarterback play. Uh, simply, uh, Chad Pennington stayed hurt with that Jets team. Uh, they played well. Without Pen uh, Chad Pennington, who's often hurt, uh, they went downhill. But that guy's a great motivator. You play to win the game. Remember that one, folks? But uh, all that stuff means no, never mind. If you do not have the blocking up front, if you do not have the quarterback play, uh, and the talents being drafted in here. And here is, <laughs> I got this from Ari um, Moreau. I think he's with Pro Football Focus here. This guy's got some good stuff here lately. I think he also has the 33rd team website. Um, he says, amazing. Brad Holm cashing. This is the Lions general manager, which he should. I agree. What I'm about to play, I agree with everything. Uh, Mr. Holmes says, uh, the manager, GM for the Lions says in this stuff. Um, pulled off a great, great trade there to get uh, um, Jared Goff and everybody, and I still stand by it to this day. What they picked, everybody said that they should take the receiver. Uh, I actually thought that the guy that they took, Panay Sue, I thought, Again, I still stand by this. I thought I love Jamar Chase. He's a great player. I thought Cincinnati should have took Panay Sewell. Panay Sewell, yeah, he got moved to right tackle, but man, is he a great he is a great offensive lineman. Um, but a lot of people said they should have took a quarterback. So here's Brad Holmes saying, Hey, listen, man, uh I, I was right and you guys are wrong. But when you look back at those picks, and those picks were not welcome by many in this room, you know, Dave, you want us to pick quarterback. You didn't want us to pick Panay Sewell. You know, people didn't want us to wait to the fourth round to draft a wide receiver. People didn't want to wait on a Derek Barnes to. That fourth round pick was Ottoman St. Brown. That's their number one receiver now. Listen develop. up. But every single move was intentional. It was made with intention. You know, back in 2021, we did not have multiple ones we did not have multiple twos we did not have four picks in the first 100 you know now we did have that and we used those wisely you guys didn't agree but we used those picks wisely but we didn't have we had one extra pick in 2021 we had a comp third that was iffy melifonu carlos i know you said that that was a miss but that was the only extra <laughs> that was the only extra pick so what i'm saying is that's not required to sustain what we built. 
going forward. So, um, so how does it make you feel when you make a decision that isn't well received by everybody, but still standing on your two toes and going forward? I mean, just making by everybody or you included? No, I mean just anybody. I ain't really have <laughs> I, I ain't say too much today. Deal with it. We're just going for it, picking those small things. That's not a criticism. I'm just saying. I mean, it seems like you're enjoying it a little bit. No, no. It's. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I'm big on accountability, you know, and um, I think y'all would expect me to be accountable when I'm. He's spiking the ball, saying he's big on account. Hey, listen. He could spike the ball all. He took this team that had multiple first-round picks, overall picks, 2008. Um, uh, they, they went through numerous coaches, hadn't hosted a playoff game since 19 in 30 years, 92, uh, 91-92. Hadn't been to the AFC championship game, I want to say since 1983. Ten years before that, we're talking 40-something years, where they showed – um, with the uh, 49er game, well, they actually brought a lion to the stadium. I don't know how they, they don't do that crap now, and he's only on the chain. So here, here's more from Brad Holmes spiking the ball. I love this. The general manager. Um, when, when things don't go right. Detroit. You would expect me to be accountable. And I am. I, I feel I'm a very accountable person. I think um, when you heard so much negativity about our draft, and then when I said, look, wait till they start playing football, it'll be appreciative. When they started playing football and people started giving them credit, the negativity kind of just everybody forgot about it. Nobody, you know, I, I give I give probably two people credit in this room that said, you know what, I was wrong. I was wrong. And I and I appreciate that and I respected that. But just the other about you know you knew they were wrong and then they oh man these rookies are playing so well or you hear the man many people thought many people gave them backlash or oh man there were some people that no it wasn't many it was it was you, you know, like, <laughs> he's pointing at no one of the actual like, no, you gave them backlash. press uh, so it's just having accountability that, that, that's, in the that, room that's all it is but again like i said i'm not here to i told you so Again, I told you so it was when we selected the players. Um, you just got to get through the post-trap wave. Yeah, I love I love Brad Mahomes here. Um, it seemed like he had another one here. Uh, here's Brad Mahomes. Um, doesn't want to hear this season was a Cinderella story. And that's true. They got play. Some of their best players are rookies. Jamar Gibbs was a rookie. Sam Laporta, I mean, he's balling. He was at 98 catches. This is a rookie tight end looking like Travis Kelsey in his prime out there. Uh, 98 catches here. Uh, here is him talking about they're not sitting. And I agree with them. They could be back next year. Brad Holmes, the general manager, the architect of this great comeback story with, uh, with, uh, with Detroit. What I want to tell really our fans is, look, it's only going to get better, okay? We're only going to get better, all right? I don't want anybody to think that this was a, a one-shot Cinderella magical journey that just happened. No, it's real, all right? This was this is exactly what 
it was supposed to happen. And I understand that based on history, from what's happened in the past, like, I understand you have a season like this. It's easy to feel like this was kind of a a one-shot, magical, lucky, uh, cute story, which I'm tired of hearing. Uh, it's it's it, it was it was none of that. It's it's easy to think that, but no, every move that me and Dan make, it has been made to sustain what we are building. All right, every single move, and I'll say every single move we make, and every single move we do not make, is to sustain what we have been building. So um, it's real. Look, it's all to normalize what we're doing. All right, this is to normalize it. This is an effort. Yeah, being normal, getting that stench of losing year after year after year after year off of you. I think they did that, not this past year, but the year before that. The team was used to losing. They started off 0-6. A lot of rumblings about Dan Campbell maybe get fired right off the bat. Well, they fired their defensive back coach. And it was after the Cowboy game last year. I remember this. And then they started putting together something. They put together some upset wins. They upset uh, – they, they knocked the Packers out of the playoffs. Aaron Rodgers last year knocked him out, okay? They got – you have to get habits in the NFL, uh, in life and everything. You got to get in a habit of losing or a habit of winning, you know? They have been such a habit of losing, even though the talent was there at the beginning of last year, the coaching was there, at the beginning of last year, you know, but the habit of losing was not there yet. It had not sunk in yet. Then you started to get in the habit of winning with all those dividends. Now, he didn't talk about that, but I'm saying all the dividends from, which are still paying off, that Jared Goff, Matt Stafford trade, you know. The jury's still out. It seems like a win-win trade right now. But I'll say this, if, and this this could very well happen, this is the big $64,000 question. What are you going to do with Jared Goff? How much are you going to pay Jared Goff? Are you going to let him go in on a rookie contract? Will his agent let him play, not a rookie contract, last year of his contract? He's on a contract year this year. Will you do that and let him play out? Part of me would like to just see him try to do that. Uh, I think he wants to come play with Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson wanted to come back and play with this team. Free agents wanted to come to Detroit last year. They still got some money. They get some more free agents this year, add some more pieces to that defense so they're not constantly giving up big plays uh, in, in the passing game. Maybe get another pass rusher, get another linebacker, you know. My guess is they'll probably sign him to something. Uh, I don't think they're going to break the bank with a big giant 40-year, $40 million, year, $200 million contract. But I got, I got a feeling that could happen. Um, I would try to work out some type of uh, Geno Smith, heavily incentive-based contract for Jared Goff, personally. That, that, that's what I, I would uh, uh, try to do. Uh, but, you know, Brad Holmes – in Brad Holmes, I trust. That's why I wanted to play that there from their um, from their um, from uh, press conference today or whatever. Uh, also, I did want to say some this some few news and notes here. Um, 
Okay. Now, uh, this is some news out of the NCAA. The National Labor Relations Board has ruled that the Dartmouth basketball players are considered employees of the school. They will now, they would now be able to proceed with voting to form a union. Could this could have enormous implications for college athletics? That's again from Ari uh, Marov. Uh, that's from his ex site. This guy, like I said, it's got the thirty thirteen. Uh, that could be huge for college. Again, I've talked about this Friday with Carlos Madden, New Yorker Chavez. Uh, these college coaches, uh, they feel like they're running semi-pros right now. All right. Uh, I mean, you start setting up unions and all, maybe it'll make it better. Maybe it'll make it better because if you got a guy under some type of contract, um, you can't have another team. And we, uh, there's been rumblings that this is happening. Okay, that uh, players are being recruited. There was a report Drake May was being recruited while he was still the quarterback, not this past year, but the year before, to go to uh, SEC school for several million dollars while he was an actual quarterback at North Carolina. That's against the rules. Okay, he wasn't in the transfer portal. They were through third parties, so you couldn't do that. That that would be that that would be a violation. So. This would be crazy talk, but like I said, this ruling right here, that broke late. I, I might go into more of that story tomorrow if there's a big write-up on it. Uh, I talked about it last week, uh, very relatable story, NCAA coming down on Tennessee about NIL rules, Tennessee saying those NIL rules that the NCAA is trying to enforce are antitrust against federal law uh, violations. Uh, the, the Attorney General for, for Tennessee and Virginia has come after um, uh, has come after the NCAA and filed suit against the NCAA on that. And now you have this thing with the Dartmouth basketball players considered employees of the school. So uh, they can vote on a union. Um, Listen, man, I mean, there's a lot of people who have been making money for years and years and years off these college players. A lot of the older fans do not like this. Uh, I know it's uncomfortable to watch uh, the transfer portal. Uh, you want to have this year's for development, not trying to keep players. But that being said, you just cannot make money off people and their name, image, and likeness and expect uh, uh, just because – uh, they're, they're college athletes that you can get away with that when it, you cannot do that in any other walks of life, okay? Uh, it's hard to tell a person not to go out and earn money for their own name, image, and likeness in any other walk of life that's in college. Like a person going, got an art scholarship and they had a big painting, they could still make money from that painting. Or, or if they were a big-time actor and got caught up from Juilliard or whatever and, and, and got in a movie, uh that's not going to run their scholarship. You could actually, at one time, you could go play baseball professionally and come back and play football. So I don't know how that we've got around and skated by these rules for so long. That's Again, that's why the Supreme Court said, no, that's a person can capitalize on their own name, image, and likeness, and it was 9-0 cross party lines. On the Supreme Court. 
you know? So a flip side is these old timers, they're setting their ways. Your Jay Wrights, Nick Saban, guys, I enjoy watching their teams play. Bill Onova's Jay Wright's team. Nick Saban's Alabama team. Still bummed out, really. But we have to accept things for what they are. Uh, change, nobody likes change. But, you know, like Cheryl Crow, change can do you good. Uh, change is inedible. Uh, sometimes we need change. I know I need change. You know, I, I like to move to a different location, a more mild climate. I like to be doing sports scope uh, uh, year round. Uh, I'd like just to be focusing on this program and having great guests and extending the time rather than do carrier work, you know? So uh, a lot of press conferences today, uh, Raheem Morris said he told Sean McVay he was jealous of his relationship with Les Steve. Uh, basically he was saying that, you know, uh, he surrounded himself with people that that uh, that he 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 can learn from, and they can collaborate together. Uh, let me see. I play this. This is a good. This is also from Ari Moreau. This guy's on the ball today. Uh, Marie uh, Raheem Morris uh, really sounds seasoned uh, as a coach here, and his second stint uh, as a head coach here's uh, with with the Atlanta Falcons. I play. When I got there. One of the first things I told Sean, just noticing how we moved through daily rhythm and routine and things that we've done was, man, I am jealous of you and Les and each relationship. I said to watch you guys collaborate and move in silence, be able to talk about everything, have your communication ongoing, have your communication um, consistent, honest, open, all of those things that you guys do with each other. That is the next step. The maturity level that you get from that and being able to watch that and also talking to one of your really good friends while you're winning the championship, having the ability to go through some hard times that following year, having to get a start off with a really young team and start with your fundamentals, start with your physicality, start with controlling the ball, starting with some of those pillars. I thought it was a really cool process. It was a really cool learning experience for me. You know, it was no more fun than helping one of your best friends in the world, one of the people that you care about, winning the championship with an organization is 100 percent. When you're 32 years old, you got all the answers. Right? He's Just talking ask. about himself. Young coach, he got hired. This is Raheem Morris when he got hired with the Tampa Bay Bucks 15 years ago. Now 47, a lot more season. Listen up. And I'll tell you, right? And what you find out is, is a learning process every single day. And you, be able to, you better be able to lean on people and talk to people and find out what is the best thing that work, right? When I took this job and I got offered it, right, by Terry and Arthur, obviously, making the decision, but I told him in my interview process, I said, hey, I don't need to be the smartest person in the building. I want to hire. I want to have. I want to be contribute. I want to collaborate with all the smart people that you want. Now, that that type of attitude, probably why he got hired, you know. Raheem Morris, uh, he's saying the right things. Now, he, they're going to have to get a quarterback as well. A lot can change on getting the right quarterback and not getting the right quarterback on a head coaches, particularly a defensive-minded head coach's um, success here. Yeah, today's got to be media days. It's a huge crowd there. I'm just looking at the exile uh, there in Las Vegas, and I hope nobody tries to hold Patrick Mahomes responsible for his dad's actions again. So if you'd like the show, share the show. Tomorrow, folks, I'll be back. John Rostano, one of my favorite guests here. I'm going to ask him about the Bears situation. Get some quick takes on these new 
NFL coach and hires. Um, and uh, also, there was a report also, I'll ask him, Bill O'Brien. I, I want to say that there was a report. He, he's looking into possibly taking that Boston College job uh, while he's already accepted the Ohio State offensive coordinator. That story's still developing. We'll, we'll uh, go over that with him tomorrow. I don't know if that one has went through yet all the way. So, anyways, I'll be back here same time, same place, here tomorrow on Sports Scope. Have a good night, everybody.